But uh, it is, it's honestly, it's, it's just great. Kent, how are you, Kent? Always good to see you, my friend. And uh, it, it's just so nice to be here and just see so many familiar faces and different ones here. But, uh, you know, I haven't just come here uh, to celebrate Pastor Mark, although we can and should and we will do that. But I also believe this morning that God's put a word in my heart for you, for this church, uh, for your life, because I believe that the best is yet to come, that God has got more for us, that, that while there are people out there who don't know our Saviour, Lord and Jesus Christ, it is up to you and I to carry His message, to carry the Gospel into all the places, to share with people the love of Jesus. Do you believe that today? Do you believe you're part of that answer today? Yes? Can you just stand to your feet right now, just real quick? You'll, you'll sit down, it's okay. Just right where you stand. I just want you just to lift your hands across this place. Lord Jesus, we turn our attention to you. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are and all that you've done. Father, I ask today, Lord God, that you'd come and speak to us. Come and do a work within us. Open up our spirits today, Lord God, and come and minister to us. Father, I pray today, Lord God, God, this morning, Lord God, you're going to renew faith, Lord God. You're going to stir fresh faith, Lord God. God, that you're going to bring back, Lord God, God, words and purpose and things that were spoken, Lord God. God, that over this house, Lord God, that that it's not finished yet, Lord God, that there's more to do, Lord God. God, that this church, Lord God, is called, Lord, to be a, to be a lighthouse, to be a beacon, Lord God, to be a place of hope to the community, to shine the light of Jesus. And so, Father, we pray today, Lord God, come and speak to us. Come and have your way in this place. In your name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. Take your seats. So good to see you. I bring you greetings from LifePoint Church today and uh, grateful to my pastor, Pastor David Hall, uh, for releasing me to be able to come up here, not only for this weekend, but uh, have a bit of time as well this week to just catch up with different ones. But uh, it's just so, it's just, honestly, it's just great to be here. And uh, I would greet Julie but um, and the little one, Liberty, but I'll just start crying again. So I'm glad she's actually not in the room. So it's good. I'll, I can sort of stay focused. But uh but if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, I want to open to the book of 1 Corinthians and chapter 2. Who has their Bible? Who still carries around the good old, a good old Bible? Any? Yeah, yeah, still got your Bible. So, got your Bibles. Going to go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. I think it's going to come up on the screen behind us as well. Oh, look at that. There it is. Very good. Reading from the uh, New King James. And it says this. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration. Someone say demonstration. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith may, uh, should not uh, be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, I believe today more than ever that our world needs a demonstration. It needs a demonstration of faith. It needs a demonstration of power. It needs a demonstration of the Spirit of God. That you and I are called to live this Christian life, just, just kind of uh, uh, being pushed to and fro with the breeze, but, but we're called to make a stand. We're called to be a people who demonstrate the power and the Spirit and the presence of God. That that should be a part of our Christian walk. That should be a part of our Christian experience is that we are demonstrators of the love of Jesus. We're demonstrators of His personhood. We're, we're demonstrators of His power. We're demonstrators of the gifts of the Spirit. That that is a part 
of our lives. I believe that that's what the church is called to do. That as a church, that we're a place of demonstration. We're not just a place of talking. We're not just a place where we just come and meet, but we're a place of demonstration, a demonstration of the power of God. You know, our world today needs a demonstration. I don't know if you, you know what's happening around the place, but the world has literally gone nuts. It's gone nuts, like it's gone crazy, you know? And, and I believe more than ever that what our world needs today, what's gonna bring change to our world isn't our arguments, isn't our persuasive words, isn't our ability to, to navigate and come up with things. It's, it's gonna be a power of the demonstration of who God is. It's gonna be miracles. It's gonna be, it's gonna be transformation. It's gonna be the people of God stepping out in faith, believing God and trusting that He is who He says that He is. That's what our world needs today. That's what you and I are called to do. You know, uh, my, uh, my brother, um, for a short time, he, um, he was kind of in that one of, a season of his life where he kind of like changed jobs and that all the time. And, and, uh, and when he was kind of in that season, he, uh, he became a knife salesman. So he was like one of those knife guys, you know, like where, you know, you kind of go around, you do like demonstrations. Chay, you know what I'm talking about? So, so they come around and, and they do like a, yeah, they do like a demonstration of, uh, of, of the knives and, and all this kind of thing. And so, um, and so he was sort of starting out kind of doing this sort of sales thing. And, uh, and so he, uh, he needed someone to practice on. And so I said, well, I'm your brother. You know, what else do brothers do? Come and pitch your knives to me. You know what I mean? So Ben Child, how are you? Good to see you, man. Sorry. Uh, and so... And so, uh, and so he, uh, he, he came around and he, um, he decided to, uh, you know, show me the knives and give me the whole display. And so he gets there, got that little case, opens it up. It's got like one of those little roll-up leather things where you untie it and he kind of like rolls them out like this and gets it all. It's all like this official thing and I'm sitting there kind of, you know, trying to act like a customer at the same time, like his brother. So, you know, I'm sort of teasing him, but, you know, trying to do the right thing too. And, and so, you know, he's showing me all the knives. He's like, oh, look at this one here. And and look, this is a paring knife. You know, now I'm trying to remember all my knife names now. So here's a paring knife and here's a steak knife and here's a, a cleaver, you know, like, and he's showing me all the different knives and, you know, it's like, oh, these are made of, you know, stainless high tensile steel with the, with the sharpest edge, you know, like, and I'm like, oh, tell me, brother, how sharp is the edge? You know, and so, and so he, so as part of his demonstration, he, uh, he gets the knife and he holds it out and then he reveals from behind himself an apple. Right? So he pulls out an apple and he has this knife and what, he, and what he does is he tosses the apple up in the air and it comes down on the knife and it like splits in half, right? Well, at least that's what's supposed to happen, except that he had the knife the wrong way around. So it just hit the top edge, right? It just, so it just kind of hit it, just went clunk, it kind of fell on the ground and I was like, very impressive. So now, even as I'm telling you this, I'm thinking, this is a really bad example of what I'm trying to share with you today because I'm talking about a demonstration that works. Okay, so, so, just go, so just pretend for a minute my brother threw up the apple and it hit the knife and it split in half, right? Whoa, that, yeah, yay, there you go, thank you. Here's, someone's encouraging around here, that's good, right? It's just, it would be amazing, right? You know, I believe in the same way that you and I are called to be demonstrators of the power and the presence of God. We're called to demonstrate the Spirit of God. That that's, that's part of our life. That's a part of what we do. That's a part of who we are. You know, Mark 16, 17 says, these signs will follow those whom believe. Well, who are the believers? Do I have any believers here today? Do I have any friends here today? Do I have any followers of Jesus here today? The Bible says that these signs will follow those that believe. 
It says that uh, there were companies that they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up servants, serpents with their hands. They will drink any deadly poison and it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. That's the promises for you and I today. That's the demonstration that I believe is available for us, that, that we can show these things. Now, I want to tell you today that it's not as complicated as it sounds. In fact, I'll put it to you today that some of these things that we're going to talk about, that you sort of do them anyway. You, you, you do them in your life anyway. You know, it says that uh, the scripture we read in, in Corinthians says for demonstration of the Spirit. Well, what is that? You know, I believe that to be the fruits of the Spirit. That, that's the demonstration of the Spirit. So if you're someone who, 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 who shows love, kindness, now I'm trying to remember, peace, right? Love, kindness, joy, peace, patience, goodness, Perseverance, is it? self One at a time, please. All right, I'm trying to work here. Self-control. Anything else? Which? Faithfulness. Gentleness. Is that one? Are you sure? A different Bible to you guys. I'm not sure. All right. Self, yeah, I've got self-control. All right, all right. Settle down now. Gee, they're chirpy today. But uh, that these things in our lives, right? When we demonstrate the Spirit of God, we demonstrate those things. When you're kind to somebody, when you, when you show patience, when you, when you act in goodness towards someone, when you bless someone, when you, when you go out of your way to do these things, that you are demonstrating the Spirit of God, that you are participating in what the Scripture's talking about, that we demonstrate who God is. But I want to add, add a little extra thing to this because I think this is, uh, part of the challenge that we have, and, and especially in today, and I think where sometimes where we can get a little bit off track is that I want to let you know today that the demonstration of, of, of love, of joy, of peace, of those things is good. But can I tell you today that we need to also give a reason for our love, our joy, our peace, our patience. You know, it's no good acting and doing those things. Let me take that back. It is good to act and do those things. But can I tell you, power's attached to it when we give credit to the one where it came from. When we say, you know what, I love and I can act and I behave in this way, not because of me or who I am, because of Jesus and who He is and what He means in my life. Come on, can you give Him an amen? Come on, church. I don't do half claps. If you're going to clap, everyone clap. We're in it together. All right? The demonstration of the Spirit. But we attach who the Spirit and where it comes from. And we give all the glory to Jesus. In Corinthians, it demonstrates of the spirit and of power. Well, what's power? That's healing. Right, healing. Friend, I'm telling you, healing's available for you today. At the end of today, I'm gonna give opportunity. If you need healing in your body, I'm gonna believe today. I've got faith today to believe that you can be healed today. You can walk out of this place completely changed and different from when you came in today. We've got uh, faith for healing, right? We've got, uh, we've got deliverance. We've got speaking in tongues. You know, we're a Pentecostal church. We speak in tongues. You're stepping out in power. You're doing the things that Paul's writing about here in Corinthians. That we as Christians, that these are the signs that follow. This is, these are the things that we do. You know, when I, uh, when I was living here in Brisbane, um, I had a few like little rituals, a few little things that I would do to uh, sort of back to Adelaide. And uh, I'd ring my dad every Thursday and uh, I'd call my dad and we'd, and we'd chat. And then uh, I had another friend who I would talk to all the time and his name's Ben Ferguson. And, uh, and, and we would just chat like all the time. He, um, 
He's, he's, he's not a pastor. He's not a ministry. He's not any of that at all. He's just a, been a great friend of mine for a long time. We played a lot of basketball together, things like that. And so we, we would just chat. And, uh, and, and it was one of the great things about moving back was that, you know, we're able to sort of spend more time together in that. And, uh, and in fact, he's a school teacher. And when we moved back, he was a teacher at the school that my kids went to. So it's actually my, my son, Owen, who's now 15, would you believe? Like he's, he's like this tall. He's, he's crazy. He's got more hair than me, which I'm quite jealous about. Jason, send me some hair, all right? Just, I'll just use a, use a glue stick. And uh, that would be weird, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, comb it over. So, I forgot what I was saying. So he was my he was my son's teacher, right? Which was awesome, and uh, and, and all these sort of things. But uh, but you know he um, he became um, he became really sick, and you know I'd be talking to him. He's like, man, I'm just sick. I just got these gut pains and issues. I'm just you know like just you know, having some problems and that, you know, he's struggling to go to the bathroom and, and things like that. And so I uh, went in for hospital and, and kind of one test led to another, led to another. And they found that he had uh, like stage three cancer in his bowel, right? Just like same age as me, you know, a young man, right? So uh, just but had, had this, this diagnosis of, of, of cancer, of bowel cancer, and uh, it was really aggressive. And, uh, and, and so I, I literally like, I went in like every night, Every night, I'd go in and I'd sit with him in the hospital and uh, we'd pray. We'd hold on to God and, and we'd believe God. Let me tell you, right there and then, I needed a demonstration of the power of God. I, I, I needed my, my wise words, my good thoughts, all my preaching messages, all, all the things that I've done, whatever, they didn't amount to anything. What I needed was a demonstration of the power of God. And I remember being in the, in, in the room with him and uh, being there the day that uh, that the doctor came in, and uh, and they had a they had a bit of a team in that that was sort of helping him. And uh, and I remember they the doctor actually sent like because there was kind of a bit of a team, and they kind of went out. And then the um, the the intern, uh, the young girl came in, and she's she's bawling her eyes out, and she said, "I'm sorry, there's nothing else we can do. Just go home, make your peace. We'll, we 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 try to cut out everything that we could." But we still—it's still there. We're not sure what we can do, and uh, and and so just go home and, and make your peace. And and I was I was in the room when that happened. It just was like, you know, because I was relying on the wisdom of men. I was relying upon these things, you know, like, and and I remember uh, a few days shortly after that, and it was so good that we we celebrated communion and and I brought communion in and and we took communion together, and we prayed and we believed. And can I tell you? He just got better and better and better. And we believed and we held on. And a demonstration of the power of God. He is totally well, healthy now. You know, like he's like fully functioning. Everything's in place. He's got a little girl. You know, he, because of the demonstration of the power of God. Let me tell you, wise words won't cut it in today's world. Our, our ability, they, they won't, it doesn't matter anymore. The stakes are high now. It doesn't matter. What we need is a demonstration of the power of God. Because when you've seen a miracle, you can't deny it. There's, you can't, the doctor said, we don't, there's no reason why. I was in the room when they said, go home and make your peace. Go home and, but a demonstration of the power of God. You, you, can't, you can't argue that away. 
You can't do anything else with that other than give glory to Jesus. We need a demonstration. You know, it says there in verse 5, it says, Let your faith rest in, not man's wisdom, but our faith rests in the power and the spirit and demonstration of God. You know, Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. See, we've got to know his word. We've got to know his word. Our faith rests on his word. Our faith rests on Jesus and who he is. You know, I want to give you uh, four quick, good, yeah, we've got time. All right, I want to give you four quick, uh, four quick how-tos, I guess, uh, experience and, and live in that place where I believe God's calling us to be, where we, where, where we demonstrate the power and the spirit of God. So I'm going to give you four quick uh, just little how-tos, and it's from the passage in verse 2 that we read. And it starts off saying this, it says, For I determined to know, uh, to, not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So the first thing I want you to know today that you have to determine. We've got to be a people of God who determine, that, that, we, that we make a determination. Now, I'm, I'm purposely using the, uh, the New King James today because I love how it uses that word determine. I love that it's a, it's a determination. It's, it's something that, that you decide and it's something that you stick to and that you hold to. And I, and I want to differentiate between those two. I, I, you know, I know in the ESV it says decision and I love the ESV. I normally read from the ESV, but I love this idea of determine, that, that we've got to be determined. You see, I, I've made some bad decisions in my life, but I like to think for the most part, I've lived with good determinations. I've, I've, I've lived in a way that, that, that I'm determined that this is what it is. But let me tell you, I've made some bad decisions, right? Have I ever told you about the time I went to my year eight swimming carnival? Have I ever told you about that? I might have. I can't remember, right? And so, uh, and so I, I made a determination that day when I went to my, uh, my year eight swimming carnival. And my determination was this, was that I was going to win the open 50-meter freestyle, right? The open 50-meter race. I was determined. That was my determination. It's year eight. It's time I put people in their place. They need to know that the big man's in town, right? I'm, I'm here. I know you look at me and go, this guy can't even like walk 50 metres, let alone. Let me tell you, you put me in water, I'm like, I'm like a hippo, man. I'm like, a, I'm like, phew. all right? I ain't no good on the land, but in water, I'm a different beast. I'm a different animal, right? Don't clap that. Who clapped that? It's not nice. I'm sensitive. I'm going back over here. Pastor Fred's over here. So I'm quick in the water, Pastor Fred, very quick. And so I determined, <laughs> I determined to win the race. So <laughs> thank you, Pastor. So we need some people. See, a man of God, a man of faith right there. That's what it's about. <laughs> so, I'm in the water. So I determined to win the race. That's right, determined to win the race. But I made a decision. Now, my fatal decision was this. So if you're going to win a swimming race, 50 metres, and you can, you can choose like any which way to do it, right? What, what swimming stroke are you going to use to get to the end of the pool? What, what are you going to do? Freestyle. Everyone knows that. Not this guy. I decide that uh, backstroke is clearly the fastest because I was good at backstroke. Chase, you don't understand. I was good at backstroke, man. So I, I, I decided... So I was determined to win, but I decided to, uh, to swim backstroke. And so, uh, so <laughs> oh, what an idiot. So 
So I lined up at the start of the block and I got ready and, uh, you know, did my, you know, down and dove in. And so everyone else comes up going this way, not old JB, he comes up this way. So I'm going like this, right? And I'm swimming and I'm pulling and I'm going for it, right? And then I hear like something that just, it's sent to shiver down my spine because, you know, like when you go to the school carnival, there's always the lady on the PA. Che probably does that, you know, like... There's always someone on the PA and they're always, you know, going, oh, what a race, you know. Like, and I heard the lady on the PA, because I'm swimming backstroke, my head's above the water. And I heard the lady on the PA go, uh, go, Jonathan. Yeah, he's doing really well. And at that point, I knew I'm losing right now. <laughs> because you never, ever, right, you just, schools just don't do that, right? You always, and so I knew, so I'm like, so what do I do? Well, I dig deeper, right? I'm not giving up because I'm determined, right? So I start pulling even harder. What I didn't realise is that being right-handed, my right arm is a bit stronger and more quiet than my left. So in fact, what I was doing was actually swimming around in circles in the pool. It's true. This is a true story. This is a true story. Right? So I'm, I'm, swimming, I'm swimming around in circles in the pool. Everyone else is out of the pool. <laughs> I'm, I'm going around in circles in the pool and I didn't stop swimming until someone literally dove in and grabbed me <laughs> mid-stroke. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was the big man on campus after that. Oh, I got some respect that day. My determination was good. My decision was terrible. You know, in our lives, we'll make decisions, we'll do things and you know, we love the benefit of hindsight and, you know, all those sorts of things. But, you know, I believe what the passage is telling us here. So I guess what I'm saying is you made a bad decision. That's life. But we need to be a people who are determined. We need to be a people who, who won't waver left or right. See, either the promises of God are true or they're not. Either what the Word of God says uh, is truth or it's not. And we need to be determined. Either the message of Jesus, the, the gospel, is either the way to life and the way to eternity, or it isn't. You and I need to determine. You've got to determine in your heart. You've got to have it settled in your heart. You're not wavering from that foundation that Jesus loved me, that He died on the cross for me, that He set me free, that my eternity is secure because of Jesus. You've got to be determined, friend. We've got to be determined of the promises of God. We've got to be determined that healing is the children's bread, that healing is available for you and I today, that you can receive it by faith. You've got to be determined. It's either the Word of God or it isn't. It's either what the Bible teaches us or it doesn't. And I don't know about you, but I don't think we can sit in one or the other, but we need to be determined upon what God's Word says and live from that place. Can I get an amen? You've got to determine. Either prayer is effectual, has an effect, or it's not. We need to determine that the promises of God are yes and amen. They're yes and amen. You know, so many times in our Christian walk, we make poor determinations. God never listens to me. My prayers are never answered. I'm never blessed. It's always someone else. You know, if, if, you, if your determination is that, then your determination's all wrong. You see, God responds to faith. God responds to hunger. 
God responds to a determination. You know, we need to determine that the promises of God are available for us today. We need to determine that if God is for me, friend, who can be against me? And you've got to know it in your heart. You've got to settle it in your heart. Be determined. Is that good? Say so determined. Number two, we've got to become humble. So verse, uh, verse two from the same passage says, For I determined not to know anything. So Paul's determination was to know nothing. Now, they, the saying goes that it's, you know, it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks. Subtle, subtle. You get there, church. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Paul, Paul was, uh, was very well learned, was, was, was a scholar, was someone who, who knew the Word of God. He knew uh, the laws. He, 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 he had it all. He, he, he had knowledge. You know, we see in, uh, is it in Acts uh, 26, you know, when he comes before Agrippa, he crafts the most amazing message that, that he brings before him and all that. Yet here in Corinthians, he says, I determine to know nothing. So whilst I have all of these things, and he's not saying, because later on in, the, in Corinthians, the same passage you read about, uh, the, the value in godly wisdom, he talks, so I'm not saying cast away wisdom, I'm not saying we should throw away wisdom. But what Paul's saying here is that I'm not reliant upon my wisdom or my works or my skills or my gifts or my capacities, but I'm reliant upon Jesus and who he is. And you know, let me tell you, that's a very humbling thing. That's a humbling thing to do. It's a humbling thing to say, whilst I can work this out myself and I can scheme and, and do whatever I need to do, you know what? I'm actually gonna come back to Jesus. I'm actually gonna put my trust in Him. I'm actually gonna rely upon Him. You know, we become humble when we put our faith and our trust in God. When that's our first choice. You know, the Bible says that God resists the proud. So if pride's over here, then humbleness is over here. And if the result of pride is that God resists, then the result of humbleness is that God moves towards us. See, we need to be people who are humble. We need to be people who, who won't rely upon self, who, who won't step into, in, into, into what I can, I'll, I'll sort it out. God, it's okay, I don't need to pray today. God, I've got this covered. You know, let me ask you this. How much faith do you need to get through your day? How, how, can you do your day without prayer? Is it possible for you to live that way? Can I tell you, if it is, and I'm just, I'm, I'm a guest, so I'm, I'm leaving. To, Pastor Mark will sort you out. But I'm telling you, if, if you can do your day without prayer, then I would say that you're in the pride end of the scale. But when you can live life and you need to pray, it's not just like, I need you, Lord. Let me tell you, when you live like that, you step into humbleness and you step into faith. And we want the signs that follow. We want the, we want the actions. We want God to step in and to move and to touch and to bless and to heal and to do all the things that His Word says He could do. But friend, we're gonna step into prayer. We've got to get away with God. We're going to be a people who, who hunger after God, who, who, who come into His presence. I love what Pastor Scott Hansey says. He says, private presence brings about public power. 
It begins in the private presence. It begins in spending time in the presence of God. It begins with prayer and seeking after Him. The antidote, the antidote to pride is prayer. Two Chronicles, uh, two Chronicles, so I'm rushing my words. Two Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will, do you know what? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. See, the more we live in the realm of faith, the more we live in the realm of humbleness, of prayer, of coming before God, the more power we see evident in our lives. We've got to be people of pray. You know, when we pray, we're acknowledging that Jesus knows better. We're acknowledging the fact that His ways are not our ways. You know, a lifestyle of prayer is a lifestyle of humbleness. You know, I can't do anything on my own. I, uh, I, I can't even grow hair. Like, that's how bad my ability is to do things for myself. You know, like, although I can grow above my lip. I don't know if you noticed. Gives me, gives me good authority. You know, I can't expect to see a demonstration of the power of God by me doing it. I cannot demonstrate the power of God. Only God through me can demonstrate His power. So I put my faith in Him, humble myself, and we believe God. We've got to humble ourselves. Third thing is you've got to know Jesus. It says, For I determined not to know, uh, not to know anything among you, Except Jesus Christ. He's determined to know Jesus Christ. You know, if we want to see a demonstration, and this may sound a little bit counterintuitive, but if we want to see a demonstration of the power and the presence of God, of His Spirit, then it's actually about being, not so much about doing. Which I know sounds counterintuitive because demonstration, by that word, you kind of think doing, but I believe it always begins with being. It begins with knowing Jesus. It begins with time in His presence. It begins with, with recognising Jesus in your life, recognising Jesus at work in your life. You know, there's a cost that comes to the demonstration, and it's time in His presence. It's time spent with Jesus. We have to be before we do. You know, just in my own personal life, this is probably something that's really been challenging me lately. By nature, I'm a doer. By nature, I just I get out. You know, I have the privilege to, uh, to serve in full-time ministry. And, uh, and, and it is a great privilege and a great honor uh, that, that that's my vocation, something that I'm able to do. And it's easy for me to fall into doing. It's easy for me to fall into just get the job done, get things sorted out, make it happen, do the thing. That's, it's actually a big part of my job. It's a big part of the expectation for me and, and, and who I am and what I do. But I'm reminded of myself, and God's been really challenging me lately to come back to this place where I've got to learn to be before I do. I've just got to learn to be. I've got to actually, I've got to actually just be in His presence. Just be with Him first before I do. And we want to do a demonstration. And I know, this, so I'm saying, I know it sounds counterintuitive to say, well, and I'm saying, well, don't do. But we will do 
But the do begins with a B. That's very complicated, all right? It begins with being with him first. I want, I want to show you this. I want to show you this in John uh, chapter 6, if you've got your Bibles. I'm just going to flick there. This, this is awesome. So in John chapter 6, we see, uh, this is where we read about uh, uh, Jesus. Um, he's fed the 5,000. He's gone for a little stroll on the water. You know, just an average Jesus day, right? Just Jesus doing Jesus things. You know what I mean? He's taking a few bread, a bit of fish. He's just serving up to everyone. Gone for a little walk. And then, uh, and then the Bible says in, uh, in, in 6, uh, sort of like verse 20, kind of around there, right? It talks about how, you know, they go looking for Jesus. They're trying to find him. They're, the people who are at getting fed, they're like, they must be hungry again or something, right? So it's what Jesus says. He goes, you're just hungry, right? But they're trying to find him and, and they're looking for the disciples and they're trying to work out uh, where he is. And then uh, come to verse, uh, verse 28, it says this. It says, this is awesome. He says this. It says, then, he said, uh, then they said to him, so this is the crowd talking to Jesus. They said, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? So there's this desire to want to do something. We've been in his presence. We've seen all these things. Man, this guy took bread and just multiplied it. You know, like there's rumours going around about walking on water. Like, man, this Jesus guy, he's just like, he, he preaches this whole message that's so revolutionary. It's so, man, and, and now these people are like, well, we, we want to do these things too. We like, how do we do this? And this is what Jesus says. I love this. This is amazing, right? Jesus says this. It says, verse 29, says, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God. This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He sent. So what's the work? What is it that we need to do? Believe. Just believe. That's all you got to do. You want to know what to do? Just believe. You just believe. You just got to be. You just got to be in the presence. Just be with God. We want the demonstration. We want the outworking of God. We want to see these things take place. It begins by believing. What work? How does this work start? How do we do it, God? God, I, my, my family needs healing or, or this needs to happen. God, salvation needs to come. I need a blessing, God. God, I've got this challenge, this thing in my life. How do you get there? How do you bridge the gap? What's the, what's the thing? It's just believing. This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He sent. Roundabout way of saying, believe in me. Just believe me. Now, you and I, we need to believe Jesus. We need to believe Him. You know, so many, so many Christians today, right? We believe in Jesus, but we don't believe Jesus. We believe in Him, right? I'm saved. Jesus, I believe in you. But do we believe Jesus? Do we believe that the words and the promises that He spoke are available to you and I today? Hebrews says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means what he said back then, guess what? It's still true today. See, we believe in Jesus, but do we believe Jesus? Do we believe that he is the Son of God? Do you believe that he is the miracle worker, the way maker? Do you believe that he has an answer? Do you believe that he has a way through the storm? Do you believe that that loved one that you love, can I tell you, Jesus loves them more than you. Jesus died for them to set them free, to save them. Do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, he's, 
Pastor Mark, you'll love this. this. I actually stole this from Joseph Prince. So this is what Joseph Prince, this just blew my mind, right? He said this, he says, uh, he says, Peter boasted about how much he loved Jesus. John boasted about how much Jesus loved him. Just let that sit on you for a bit, right? Peter boasted about how much he loved God, how much he did for God. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything, Jesus. I'm here to do, 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 do. Yet John just writes about how much Jesus loved him. You talk to John, he'd go, man, Jesus loves me. You talk to John, you, start, you try to talk to him about the local football team, he'd be like, he'll bring the conversation back. Let me tell you, yeah, but have you heard about Jesus and how much he loves me? John boasted about how much Jesus loved him. Friend, can I tell you today, I, that, man, when I heard that, Pastor Mark, it just like got me right here. That, that's the place I wanna get to. You can do so much for him and yes, we should and yes, it's a right response. But before that, can I tell you how much Jesus loves me? Can I tell you what he's done for me? He's done everything for me. Everything. Friend, Jesus loves you today. He loves you. He's for you. Pat Ryder, just close your eyes right in this place. If you're feeling discouraged here today, right now, Right now, in this moment, you feel discouraged. You're not sure. I just want you, why were you sitting? Just lift up your hand. Everyone's got their eyes closed, just me looking. I just want to feel today, I want to pray for someone's here today. And you're just discouraged. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. If you put your hand up, you can put it back down. That's fine. Anyone else today? I just want to pray for you. We believe right in this moment, Jesus wants to reveal that to your heart. Wants to review today that you know that you know that you know that he loves you so much, friend. He loves you. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows your heart. He knows your desires. He knows your dreams. He knows your disappointments. Father, I pray today, Lord God, for those who lifted their hand. God, I pray right now in this atmosphere, Lord God, break that disappointment, break that discouragement right now. Father, let them know that they are loved, they are thought of, they are cared for. Lord, that you have their best interests at heart. God, that you know them. And everyone said, amen, amen. Last one, we've got to know crucifixion. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Can I, just tell you, can I just tell you what the cross obtained for us? Is that all right? If I just kind of got a bit of a list here, do you mind if I just kind of go through it? In fact, and as I go through it, if there's something that I say that you think, oh yeah, that sounds pretty good, or I've, I've experienced that, then just give me a bit of an amen, right? You know what amen means? Amen simply means let it be done. So when you say amen to the Word of God, what you're saying is, is you're taking that Word and you're saying, let it be done in my life. Let what is being said become true in my life. You know, so if I'm reading something out that you kind of go, oh yeah, that sounds pretty good. Or maybe you've experienced that. Then just give a good hearty amen. All right. And let's say, let it be done. Let it be done in our lives. The first thing that the cross obtained for us, that it deals with sin and its consequence. Romans 6.11 says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 20, uh, verse 23, same chapter says, For the wages of sin is death, 
but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Can I get up? Uh, another thing that happens at the cross is that God redeems and forgives us. Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness, conveyed us into the kingdom of His Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 1.7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. It breaks the power of Satan. Hebrews 2.14 says, Since therefore children share in flesh and blood, that is communion, Right? He himself likewise took, partook in the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. Friend, the devil is defeated. He is destroyed. He, he's got nothing but just loud words. That's all he's got, right? Christ obtained that for us through the cross. It brings physical healing. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by His stripes we are healed. You are healed today. That healing is yours today. Healing is available to you today. That you can step in and receive healing. Why? Because Christ attained it for us at the cross. Amen. It ultimately delivers us from physical death. Uh, 2 Timothy uh, 1 verse 10 says, And which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Saviour Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Friend, we have an eternity with Him. Your eternity is secure because of what Jesus has done. He obtained that for you and I. Friend, let me tell you, if that's an amen right there. That's an amen right there. Your eternity is secure. Nothing in this life, this, this world's gonna throw everything at you. But let me tell you, you're secure in God. Your eternity is safe with Him. Amen, amen. It reconciles us to God and to others. Romans 5 verse 10 says, For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. By the death of His Son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. More than that, just keeps adding and adding. We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Last, last one I want to say here, cross obtained for us, it gives us access to God. Man, we have access to heaven because of what Jesus did. Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places, how? By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. You can come boldly into the throne room. You can come boldly into the presence of God. Not in fear, not in trembling, not in... You can come into His presence as children of God because of what Jesus did for you and I on the cross. Can we all stand to our feet? The cross is enough. And this is what it means to know Him crucified. You know, I believe in the demonstration of the spirit of power. I believe it's what our world needs today. It's for us as the church to step in to what God has given to us, to determine to humble ourselves, to know Jesus and to believe what the cross has achieved.